Hi, Margo. Hi, Zim. How you doing? It's been a minute. Uh, yeah, it's been a minute since we've been on the mic before, but we actually just saw each other about 45 minutes ago because we just got right. off a train yeah. <laughs> from Toronto. Where just all, literally just. <laughs> lit- literally just, yeah, like f- 45 minutes ago, where three of the four Baba Yagites, so you, me, and Hannah, we were at yep. a concert together. Uh, we were. Do you want to tell the fine folks what concert it was? Uh, yeah, so we all went to see the mountain goats ooh. in their ooh ah a sound it, it's sounding all around the one Canadian show that they're going to have all decade yeah uh, yeah it's been <laughs> five or six years like well before the pandemic since they toured to Canada so uh, it was fantastic to see them Hannah is a super fan I'm a big fan you're you're from North Carolina so you've you, that's their neck of the woods you've seen them before like this is not yeah I've, nothing seen, them new. Quite a few, I've seen them quite a few times um and i've loved them since like high school i think yeah um, yeah, yeah yeah i mean i i think we're of a generation so. we're loving the mountain goods since high school of a generation and a personality type all three of us <laughs> yes. all four of us sonia i'm not sure how she feels about this band uh <laughs> but yeah no john darneal is my boyfriend and uh actually more to the point peter hughes is my boyfriend the bass player <laughs> he's very good looking i don't think he gets enough press uh very charismatic man john darneal really does steal the show with the those those lyrics oh yeah and the dancey dancey and, and the up and yeah. down yeah so so tell me what you thought of the show i i had a wonderful time but you uh you know pretend this is a pitchfork <laughs> review how do you feel a pitchfork review. Um, I thought it was excellent. I thought it was one of the better Mount Goats shows that I've seen. Okay. Um, the energy was super great. Everybody was really into it. And I mean, like, and they commented on it like multiple times about how like everybody was really going with the like flow of the set. Um, and some like really kind of the more like moody moments. Everybody was like what did he say? It was like this, this one song that he played, he was like, it really only works if everybody is like dead silent. Yeah. Uh, and if one person yeah, talks, yeah. it really mo- ruins it for like the whole room. And yeah. he was like, and this was perfect. Like it was, but then like, you know, in the other uh, sort of songs and moments, it was like, I mean, the floors literally shaking from people like bouncing and jumping around and stuff. So yeah. it was just like excellent, excellent vibes all around 10 out of 10 and the opener was great i cried yeah yeah we should, we should i cried a lot at this show <laughs> i had a lot of feelings and we should absolutely shout out the opener adim the artist who did a fantastic yes. fantastic job and uh is also from your neck of the woods and yes uh, adim the artist is from is from north carolina I grew up in north carolina and um i guess is now in tennessee in nashville yeah and doing country music and they are a queer (laughs) non-binary a queer non-binary country music star i guess yeah i mean um, there's not very many of those right so it's it was no and so it was really cool to see you know someone like someone like me yeah up doing yeah my kind of music (laughs) a queer north carolinian Uh, yeah. yeah, doing country music, which like I feel this deep connection to, and that used to be really sort of um, the like rebellious music of like the working class, and mm-hmm. has become this sort of corporate awful uh, mm-hmm. support for the oligarchy, which 
they actually have a song about. So go check yeah. them out. They're amazing. Um, but yeah, how does this, why why are we having a break time about this? So we're having a break time about this because, uh, I mean, because we're all still kind of pumped about this. We're 24 hours yeah, we're so the show. Pumped. And it's, <laughs> it, was, it was fantastic. This is the first live music that I've had a chance to see since like well before the pandemic because it's just like mid master's degree and like not going to shows um and it's kind of yeah i think it's some of my first two that's not like you know in the church that i work at well yeah 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 (laughs) yeah and it kind of i choose yeah yeah and reaffirming to me like the value of live music and a paper that I have in me is classical reception in John Darniel. Like he played up the wolves, which is about yeah. Romulus and Remus. And, uh, yeah. you know, he's got a whole album responding to one particular, uh, scholar, like the, his, his, his lockdown album where he went back and was recording on a boombox just these songs he was writing inspired by one book he was reading about the fall of the roman empire and the transition from a mostly pagan world to a mostly christian world and you know there's tons he he has uh, he was a latin major uh, in college yeah <laughs> there's tons and tons of classical stuff but i also was really thinking about something that uh, a professor that I had at McGill and a guy I don't usually get along with very well, but very, very true was talking about how live music is a ritual experience and a spiritual experience. And mm-hmm. one that the ancient Greeks and Romans were really checked into, you know, all of the, yeah. the vast majority of the mythological texts that we have from ancient Greece were designed for live performance and the mm-hmm. Roman texts that we have probably were performed live as well in imitation of these earlier greek texts so you know the odyssey we know was performed and Mm -hmm. and you know sappho's songs were sung and greek tragedy and comedy certainly those were performed we know that right and we like Mm -hmm. and that was not only is that the the method of transmitting these stories but those stories served certain cultural functions right? The Greeks yeah. were a singing and dancing people. That's how young people were integrated into the community. So like the, the obvious example of that is that young men who are expected to serve in a phalanx in war, they learn how to move as a group with other young men by learning mm-hmm. to sing and dance together in, in a chorus. And then you also see that turned around and reflected in the stories. So there's right. many, many examples in, in Greek and Roman mythology where you have groups of 50 young men or women where it's you know this god has 50 daughters or there are 50 heroes in this area or something like that and Mm -hmm. 50 was the standard number for a dithyrambic chorus and that's like the standard mythological choir right and so the shape of the musical performance that integrated the community where the audience and their performers were integrated together in a room where they were dancing and bouncing up and down and singing together. That mm-hmm. was then reintegrated into the stories that were being sung about in the songs. And I just think, I mean, I just think that's so cool. And I think that's such a Baba Yaga insight, you yeah. know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. And last night at this show, I was just, <laughs> reaffirming to me that not only are the goats this very (laughs) textually 
informed or John Darnielle mm-hmm. is this very textually informed songwriter, mm-hmm. but the form of the live musical yeah. performance and hearing somebody get up on stage and bounce around and bang his head and sing the songs <laughs> that he's written uh, about this whole tradition, that's, that's connecting to this deeper tradition as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, I, totally. And I think that it's especially coming out of, right, like three years yeah. of pretty serious lockdowns, especially in Canada, you know, a space where it was taken for this continent, at least relatively seriously. Yeah, well, in, in Halifax or in, in, in Montreal, we had, you know, curfews, you know, yeah. yeah, three it months, four a... months of curfew uh, at, at some point. Yeah, like as as important as right all of these safety measures definitely are and i'm not like some mm. we should lift all no, 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 <laughs> public no, no. health yeah, measures by, or whatever, by yeah. any means like we're like i'm i am so vaccinated mm. but um it does i think putting experiences like this into a sort of historical understanding really makes it I think even more clear than just sort of experiencing it after not being able to experience it for like three years that mm-hmm. how important these kind of rituals are in like reaffirming certain like values and identity of a mm-hmm. community. I think live music and sort of ritualized performance are one of the oldest traditions that humanity has and is shared across every single culture yeah yeah and has as has been especially like so if we're looking at like um medieval and early modern times which mm-hmm. sonia and henna are not here to talk about but yeah, well, yeah um, let's uh, make stuff they up. are yeah let's yeah. just make it up no but they they the access to live performance and live music sort of in particular are at the forefront of discussions in times of plague like Mm. what we've been having before i mean like that's it's a huge deal for shakespeare um and informs a lot of the writing of plays there and the songs that are part of the plays Mm. um of shakespeare and his contemporaries or the decameron that's where my mind goes right yeah 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 Yeah, so like these are and as soon as, as soon as that kind of connection is sort of removed for people it and it's one of the first things that people are like, this is, this is what I need back mm-hmm. when, yeah. Yeah. And, and up until about a little over a hundred years ago, live music was the only way that you could experience music. Yeah. Right. That, that was the only yeah. way that it existed. It was always ephemeral. It was always something that mm-hmm. somebody had to have quite a bit of skill to perform or, mm-hmm. you know, you know, there, there were skilled people who could perform these things and that ephemerality that that was something that i was feeling last night as well right the, yeah. the i i find encores kind of gauche and we were discussing this as well <laughs> it's like oh don't be selfish don't just clap and demand and i know it's part of the ritual now right yeah but mm-hmm. the the set last night was uh the main set was was just a little bit longer than the encore set yeah oh oh and and as the main set was ending i was like oh that was short and i'm sad that it's over 
Mm -hmm. right? But but then why am I sad about that? Because the end of it is actually really significant, right? It's significant mm -hmm. that we were in this shared space for a limited amount of time. And it's not like Spotify, where you can replay yeah. the same song over and over <laughs> and over and over and over again, where there is yeah. no end to the performance artificially, right? Mm -hmm. Part of what makes the shared ritual space of live music or, you know, of, mm -hmm. of any sort of religious service is that it's finite right yeah and that yeah. Uh, it can only exist ephemerally and it's so yeah and that's so funny because like talking about the encore was that uh you were like oh this is so silly and I was like yeah but the house lights haven't come on like we've got to get all pumped up and then they come back and play like much more like of that like bouncing yeah dancey, up kind dancey. of like yeah, yeah, yeah. dancey dancey like let's all get like super stoked that we get to have this experience together yeah. kind of set afterwards yeah um that wasn't as sort of like it's solemn and angsty yeah the first yeah. half yeah uh, yeah and also yeah. included a bunch of the hits that people wanted so that's where up the walls yeah. were it was in that second yeah, half yeah, of the yeah. and no children and <laughs> of course yeah you know like the and um this year right like the ones yeah. that people people really wanted them to play so yeah I get that too. But I, I was also really touched that the last song of the, the main set was uh, the the like the equivalent of the main single from the most recent yeah. album. And everybody knew the words to that chorus mm -hmm. too, you know, like this is a room yeah. full of fans. Um, and I, I also, I think it's important to say that nothing that we are saying here is that deep or insightful. Like everybody no. knows yeah. these things, but it's yeah. just, you know, I'm not somebody that goes to a lot of, a lot of live music I, I yeah we're having a lot of feelings yeah i am having a lot of have feelings a, at least have personally a feelings break with bobby yaga have a feelings break with bobby yaga anyway so that <laughs> no, i'm I think having is, a lot of feelings too this yeah. was a, there was a lot of feelings that's about i cried a lot yeah well especially for the <laughs> opener right that was yeah. Crazy. Yeah. yeah and hannah cried a ton anyway thank you guys thank you guys yes, thank you for thank supporting us Thank please you for taking a break with Bobby Aga. Please subscribe to the Patreon so we can go to see more shows. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Yeah, subsidize this lifestyle. Come with us to more shows. Yeah, come with us to more shows. Yeah, we'll give you the little reviews and responses. Yeah. Anyway, happy break time. This Baba Yaga break time was brought to you by Patreon supporters just like you. Follow us at Baba Yaga Project on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok.